Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Sander Lanch podcast. This week, we are covering Mistborn, the Final Empire, chapters 30, oh no, oh no, chapters 35 and 36. I almost lost it. The beginning of part five, which is Believers in a Forgotten World. See, I was there. I knew exactly what chapters they were. It was fine. Uh, I am Data, and with me is... It's Joe. Jamie. And Dak. In these chapters, Vin starts out really sad, then she gets kind of glad, and then things turn bad. And that was the end of my <laughs> rhyme. Wow. Wow. <laughs> what, a, yeah. what, a, what a summary. This episode brought to you by Dr. Zeus. <laughs> <laughs> you, it sounded like you said Dr. Zeus, like the god of thunder and lightning. Oh. So Someone then I just told had... me like yesterday that he his name was originally supposed to be pronounced Dr. Soyce. Interesting. Nah. Today we're learning. Yeah. Knowledge is power. Anyway, <laughs> lots of lots of things happen in this episode, people. So uh, hang on to something. The Sanderlanch is about to begin. My revolution carries me in a moment lost in Okay, so yes, a lot of like things really start to kind of heat up in this episode. I mean, we, I, we, we kind of said that about last week, but I feel like it's gotten to another new level. One which uh, somebody kind of predicted some of these things last week. So what did you guys think of these chapters overall? Oh, man. Never had my predictions paid off so splendidly so quickly. <laughs> no, I, I really enjoyed these chapters. Again, I'm sad that my my most desired prediction was that they switched places, the Kandra and <clears throat> and Kelsier, but that's not the way it happened, unfortunately. But, you know, I it, it, like he left a lot of hope behind, and I, I really appreciated that kind of piece of Kelsier, his, his character... At least not yet. You know, there's still possibility for tarnishment, but his character hasn't been tarnished. He died a, a somewhat noble death, all things considered, at least as far as we know. So I'm I was really happy with the first chapter, um, and then yeah, things start going bad very quickly, and uh, it seems like a lot of our predictions are coming are bearing fruit now. So I'm excited to to read the end of the book. Mm-hmm. So wait, I gotta stop for a second. So you're like. At least when you, you said Kelsier died a noble death or whatever, at least that's what it seems now. Do you think that something's going to come out that it wasn't? Or do you think that he, he still might not be dead somehow? Uh, yeah, I mean, it could. I, I feel like the Kandra was pretty clear that he had to suck up his bones. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that, that seems pretty straightforward that he is dead. But, you know, I don't know. The I would magic hope of so anyway. World. Yeah, that would yeah. Suck. I don't know the magic of this world. I don't know how he could come back to life or maybe he can he could be reborn from the mist or some kind of spirit you know like a jedi thing i don't i have no idea you don't understand the science of the bone vacuums right exactly (laughs) i also like that it it paid off that the kandra because we're like because at at the very beginning when we heard about renault we're like well maybe he's our mist race and then they kept throwing the kandra word around so i'm glad that got paid off as well yeah it all came back around together yeah, I would I would agree with Joe this week. I think it was nice to have a few of the thoughts that we've been throwing around for a while come to fruition and, and seeing how they're they're panning out. I'd sort of given up that we would ever find out what the Kandra was or <laughs> the significance of the gold and 
that it's nice to see how they're all, all coming back in together and coming back into play. So, yeah, I look forward to what answers we'll get in the next few chapters as well. Mm. I really liked these chapters. Yeah, like it's it's good just to start getting some solid answers that, that we've been wondering about for ages. With the, yeah, with the uh, Candra, Miss Wraith, and Renault. I thought it was an interesting way to play out with Renault taking over, like taking over his body because yeah, like like I said last week, I hadn't considered that option until you guys brought it up. So I was int- intrigued to see how it played out, and now I'm just curious about. Oh, so what else is he gonna do? Like when does his contract run out? And then we didn't get that answer, but then we went into Vin doing some of the most badass shit she's done so far. Like, I know it's only a minor thing, really, because she wound up getting captured, but she faced down a couple of Inquisitors and threw dust at them, and that was enough to fuck them up. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, she had, she, I mean, she put up a pretty good fight against them, against two of them. She did, and it was, it wasn't at all through like brute strength or anything she like thought ahead and planned ahead and did some clever stuff and took them yeah, out she, she she was she played that very smart and i thought she did really well in that ultimately futile because she got captured by the time shifting um lord ruler and, and his cronies but mm-hmm. or what how whatever the hell that is but yeah and then that that ending is just like well that's a terrifying image <laughs> yeah Vin felt very Batman to me with the uh, with those scenes where she like plans ahead and preps yeah, and then goes in. Very much. I, I like that. Okay, well, let's get into these chapters now. The epigraph at the beginning of part five here, I actually like a whole lot because it is the first time that they give us even an inkling of what this guy is trying to do. Because we've heard, you know, he's he's tr- he's trying to destroy the deepness. He's going up into the mountains to find the Well of Ascension. Which is somehow supposed to beat the deepness, but we have we've never gotten like even a hint about what's going to happen when he gets to the well. What is it exactly that he's supposed to do? And here he says, "I know what will happen if I make the wrong choice. I must be strong. I must not take the power for myself, for I've seen what will happen if I do." And so it's the first time. It's it's still very cryptic, but it's the first time we've gotten any sort of hint about like what he's actually trying to do on this whole trek. Tempting with power, that old chestnut. So we start out, and Vin is just, uh, she's angry and depressed, and hang, she's hanging up above the roof in the mist, just like, I don't want to talk to anybody, I'm going to, like, float myself up here and be invisible so no one will find me. As she, like, considers Kelsier, and she's all mad at him for dying. She's like, does anything even matter? <laughs> Boy, yeah, that's rough. It's like, she just started to trust this surrogate father of hers and now he's gone it's it sucks yeah and she, she's even like it's the same as before when reen had abandoned her what what was the difference at least reen had been honest that's that's kind <laughs> no, of sad. at least reen at least reen was a dick mm-hmm. yep and i don't know did you guys expect that we would see reen uh, before the end of this book because we've only got two chapters left at this point it does not seem likely so unless we've already met him and we don't know Ooh. Ooh. I have nothing to back that up. I was, I was, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just making shit up at this point. I'm trying to come up yeah. with a better prediction since mine all suck. Well, I don't know. Maybe the um, guy that Kelsier talked to, like Hoyd or whatever, from way back when. Maybe this is a random, random pull, random throwout crackpot theory. Maybe the Inquisitor that like already knew that was her dad is Reen. I mean, it could be. Hmm. Because that guy didn't have... even really get the knowledge straight from Vin. He just was like, no, this is this is the High Prelim's daughter. This is her. Yeah, he definitely seemed to know what he was talking about. 
he seemed pretty confident or he wouldn't have put on that whole show. Yeah. So either that's Rain or that's the Inquisitor that killed Rain. Ooh. Okay. Anyway. Sorry, just they mentioned Reen, and we uh, hadn't really talked about him in a while except to say that he sucks. So I was just curious here. <laughs> uh, he's he's, def- he's definitely coming back or something about him is going to become important either towards the end of this book or like one of the next books. But like he, his role in the story is not complete yet. Mm, I'm still holding out hope that he just shows up. and He's like, hey, you're doing pretty well for yourself, Vin. Why don't you lend your old brother some money? <laughs> yeah. When you said complete, it just made me think of something, something, something dark side. <laughs> something, something, something complete. Well, the Lord Rule is probably doing shit like that. <laughs> yeah, probably. So, Says comes and finds her, and uh, she's like, no, Kelsier sucks. He, he wasn't cool after all. And Says is like, oh, come on. You don't mean that. And he has kind of a little speech about uh, faith and belief, and how it doesn't really have any value if you don't keep believing, uh, even when things get tough. Q journey. <laughs> <laughs> Which I, I feel like says has to have that sort of opinion based on his whole deal. It totally makes sense for him. Faith is kind of what he deals in. Yeah. And so he tells her that everyone is uh, planning to leave Luthadel separately, including himself, because he has to go and deliver knowledge to the other keepers, and she is not allowed to go. So basically, Vin is going to be on her own. And she doesn't like it. No. This is not helping her abandon many shoes. And I just found my people. <laughs> but then things start to happen. There's a there's a gathering of ska in the mists, and one of them stands up and doing this whole preacher thing where he's like talking about how, you know, all of our people were killed, these hundreds of people, and they're just lying dead in the street, and the Lord Ruler isn't even gonna clean up his mess. And they have they have this whole thing about, you know, Kelsier beat an Inquisitor, and then he died. And he's like, yeah, and did we help him? There were thousands of us there. We didn't do anything, which is a fair point. You know, like, you take a thousand people, uh, it would have been a lot easier to kill that Inquisitor, probably. I don't know. So it's like the bug's life theory. You know, they're like, they're scared of the grasshoppers, but then they realize, like, there's way more of us than there are of them. Like, if, if we really wanted to, we could just kill them. Mm. Acorn principle. <laughs> just just had the image it's like we were all there we were watching what do we do to help oh fuck yeah why didn't we think of that we could have actually you know, done something <laughs> why didn't you say anything then dude <laughs> <laughs> just, uh, like there's a there's a thing we listen to like a, a comedy retelling of the lord of the rings and like at one point it's got like Fa- like faramir's um the only one who shoots down the flying ring wraith because he's the only one who has a bow and all the, all the other archers just like oh fuck why didn't i think of that <laughs> Guess that's why he's the boss, huh? <laughs> this just made me think of that. Yeah, sure. Uh, they get the rest of the crew, and the guy is like, I'm telling you people, Lord Kelsier appeared to me this very night and said that he would always be with us. So at that point, were you guys like thinking about that theory from the previous episode when it's like, oh, or I don't know, what did you think? I thought that this guy was, he probably did say something. Mm, yep, he definitely saw something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean when when we got to this part i was like okay well then i know i feel like one of my kelsier renault theories is correct and then we yeah i guess it could still be either one at that point yeah right and so then we find out later that which one it is and everybody finally starts to get what what was happening Doxon kind of first he's like this was kelsier's plan the whole time 
and uh, says, says, like, he always asked me the same questions, like, what made religion so powerful? And I said, because they had something or someone that they felt passionate about. And Dachshund realizes also immediately, he's like, he knew that we wouldn't agree to it if we knew the plan, because he knew that he was going to have to die to make it work. And Vin gets the idea to go to this nearby uh, warehouse where he was supposedly having informant meetings. And they run down there and find that it is full of weapons that he has prepared. Kelsey really planned this stuff out. And that's when Renu shows up. He he did plan it. He planned it out. He wrote everything down. But what what if they hadn't thought to go to that warehouse? I well, mean, he says in uh, in the letter that he leaves behind, which we're not quite to, he says the soothing station should already be gone. Renu delivered the order to our assassin teams before he came to get you to bring you here. Oh, so I guess they showed up before yeah. Renu actually was going to come and, and bring them. Yeah. Renault's just like, oh, thank God, you guys saved me an extra trip. <laughs> so, yeah, we finally get an explanation of uh, what the Chondra are when this guy shows up wearing Kelsier's body. And she's like, Kelsier! And Ham's like, no, no, it, that's not him. And he explains, like, this is why Kelsier hired him in the first place, to take his bones once he was dead and appear to his followers to give them strength. And we find out that he is a mistwraith, although he, he says, a Chondra, a mistwraith that has grown up, you might say. That made me really happy to know that that's what it was. <laughs> yeah? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, finally, we have an answer. Don't tell me there's two bone-eating <laughs> blobs out there. Like, they're completely different from each other. It doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that makes – when you put it that way, don't tell me there are two bone <laughs> blobs out there. It makes a lot of sense, yeah. <laughs> Damn, bone yeah. blobs. <laughs> and this just gives credence to, like, the wild theories of, of like, the country ska that – the mists can t- the mist race can take your face because they literally can mm-hmm. if they're smart enough they can make themselves look like another person yeah which is frankly super terrifying yeah it explains like the scar just like no don't go out in the mist they'll kill you and take your face yeah that's exactly what they're doing although i don't know other are the are the uh, ca- are the is out in the countryside just total dicks because then they come back to fuck with the family <laughs> that would that yeah would that's true that's just how they get their kicks, I, is it? I really, I'm still wondering though what the contract entailed. Was Kelsier like, "Hey man, after they're all dead, you can have all the nobleman's bones," and he's like, "Hell yeah." <laughs> yeah, we don't know exactly what the contract entails. You are correct. Let's see. The contract explains that Kelsier was preparing them all: bureaucrat for Doxon, politician for Breeze, general for Ham, for a new nation. It will need men of your individual talents. And I, it, Vin, like, in, in her thoughts, I guess, is specifying several times that this thing seems really, like, passionless and, like, flat. Which is weird, because when he was playing the character of Renu, he was really Renu. Like, he played into that character hard. He was constantly, like, pretending to be this noble guy. It seemed like doing a really good job of pretending to be this noble in every respect. Even when nobody was watching, basically. And now he's just like... Even when everyone in the room knew it wasn't, knew he wasn't that person. Yeah. Well, we never actually met the real Renault, right? So we don't know true. what his personality was like. But I'll also say, I wonder if he just didn't get... Maybe there's like a time, an amount of time it takes for him to completely like absorb everything about that person. Mm-hmm. Or, because Kelsier wasn't sure when he was going to die, they never really like had time to talk about this. Is, these are my mannerisms. This is how I talk. This is how I, these are my intonations. Maybe he has to actually like 
trained to do that somehow. Mm, yeah, could be. I mean, I, I guess the two for Renault, like there were times where he was in front of people who weren't aware that he wasn't Lord Renault. So for him to consistently be one way just meant he didn't stuff it up. You don't have to worry about getting back into character if you're always in character. Ah, uh, method acting, yeah. Kandra. Method acting, exactly. That's what I was <laughs> The Daniel Day-Lewis of Kandra. <laughs> and also, I, another th- another thought I had was <clears throat> maybe Kelsier just like, because Vin knew Kelsier so well, she's like, this imposter doesn't fool me. Mm. True. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. We only get Vin's perspective on it, so... So we get Kelsier's letter that he left for everyone, basically giving them assignments. You know, you're going to take a team and go and kill the rest of the men at the garrison. He says subdue, but come on. Uh, Ham's going to take a team and take out the rest of the great houses that are still standing. Dachshund's going to coordinate. Clubs is going to lead the assault on the palace itself. And he ends with, I think that's everything. It was a fun job, wasn't it? When you remember me, please remember that. Please remember to smile. And then he says, may you rule in wisdom. That's a nice final message. It was a good line. Yeah. Yeah. It's nice, but at the same time, he's putting a lot of pressure on them. Oh, yeah. He's like, I don't have to be here to see how, like, <laughs> do the difficult part of actually creating and running a new nation and taking out the Lord Ruler. Uh, have fun with that, guys. And Vin gets a... Uh, oh, and we find out that Clubs uh, has some military experience. He, We don't get any details on it, just that that's why he has a limp, because of uh, something that happened. I think we, we still really don't know much about clubs after all this, which is kind of sad because we don't really have. Really, I, yeah. I, I don't think there's much time left in the book, and events don't allow for us to learn much more, which is kind of sad. I, I want to know more about this yeah. guy. Yeah, I I hope he's like a secret badass, like he again to um, the equivalent for me. Here we go, Final Fantasy time. The equivalent for me is uh, <laughs> Final Fantasy X. He feels like an Orin character to me. I knew he was like, say Orin. Yeah, I mean, he's a great character. He's grizzled, old, but a badass. Also dead, but... <laughs> yeah, well, I mean... And, he's perfect. I'm just, I'm just waiting for him to st- step up like uh, like like Uncle Iroh at some point. It's like, you yeah. think, oh, yeah, he's old, he's, he's, he's a bit past it, and then all of a sudden he's just going to stop breathing fire at people. <laughs> it's going to turn out that copper lets you breathe fire if you use it just right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I think it would be more oh, yeah. badass if Clubs was a ghost. We got Condra already. A ghost might be going a little far. <laughs> Hang on, what? Like bone taking mist people is perfectly acceptable, but ghost? Oh no, no, that's too far. No, I just mean like Kelsier is quote kind of quote unquote back from the dead because the Condra ate his body and is pretending to be him. So then, if you also have ghosts coming back from the dead, and we had the theory last week that Inquisitors were made of dead people, so like you know Soylent Green Inquisitors. So <laughs> it's just. There's a lot of lot of zombies. It's uh scary. Uh, then we get Vin's note that he left specifically for her about how originally you were gonna assassinate the remaining high nobleman, but you convinced me maybe that doesn't need to happen. Here's what's left of the eleventh medal. I I could never figure out how to make it do anything useful, and it must not have worked when I faced the Lord Ruler. So now we see why he we didn't see him burning or having any sort of allomancy against Lord Ruler because apparently he was trying to use the eleventh medal and uh, was ineffective. As far as we saw, anyway. Who knows what it might have done. Kelsey used 11th medal. It's not very effective. Well, he didn't write this note after he died. So he hadn't tried it yet. So he's like, obviously it didn't work. But he probably saw something. Yeah, we don't know. Uh, 
Well, we'll get to the 11th medal in a minute because Vin uses the 11th medal in a minute and then we can talk mm. about it. Uh, please don't get angry at me for abandoning you. I should have died in Mare's place years ago. You have to protect everyone from the assassins the nobility will send after our new kingdom. And then the final line, which really gets me and is just so where he's like, farewell, I'll tell Mare about you. She always wanted a daughter. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I'm not crying. Shut up. And then Mare's just like, you left our daughter alone? You left her with Breeze? You left her with Breeze. He's the worst. Come on, Breeze isn't that bad. He's going to be the politician in the new world. Okay, yeah, that's pretty bad. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you're going to put it on a scale, he he's under in badness. He's under Inquisitor, at least. Yes. <laughs> so you're like, I'll give you that much Breeze. You're not Inquisitor material. <laughs> oh, gosh. Breeze uh, is fine. He's just an easy target. He, yeah, that's why they were making fun of him earlier and talking about his butt. We remember that. <laughs> Uh, let's see and uh she's like oh yeah he he didn't know how to defeat the lord ruler and docs is like "Ah, that's fine we have an entire city full of people he can't kill them all i seriously doubt he can kill us all he's not even sure he's like probably not right (laughs) dungeon but uh yeah vin decides that uh she needs to be their assassin and she is going to go and take down the lord ruler or at least go her plan is to go to that room she tells sazed and find out like what his weakness is finally and she starts picking up just an odd assortment of things, like breaking off some stone arrowheads and taking some uh, some pieces of chainmail armor and then a big bag of pewter dust. Did you guys have any idea what she was going for as she collects these various things? Nope. Nope. Okay. Yeah, I like how – who is it that's still with her at this point? Is it Dachshund? Is yeah, well, Dox is also in the room, but Saze is the one she's talking to. Yeah, Saze is like, what are you doing? <laughs> She's just like, I'm worried about the Lord Ruler. I'm going to go do this thing. That would have been a fun place if you could stop for predictions there and be like, okay, so she took this, 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 and this. What do you think she's going to do with this? Making a cocktail? I don't know. (laughs) But uh, that is the end of the chapter. She's like, tonight I'm going to find out what's inside of that room. So it's kind of a setup chapter because no real actual action happens. But at the same time, it's like this is the beginning of the citywide revolution. This is where it really starts. Which is kind of cool. Uh, let's look at the next epigraph. I've decided I'm thankful for Rashek's hatred. It does me well to remember there are those who abhor me. And he's like, I'm not supposed to be popular or loved. I'm supposed to help mankind survive. Which that part sounds kind of like the Lord Ruler. Yeah. So she walks up and she handles the guards outside of Critic Shaw very differently from how Kelsier did. And it's kind of a nice thing to see. I really liked this. It sort of had that that message from Kelsey that was like, you know, you showed me you didn't have to go and kill all the noblemen and all that sort of stuff. And taking in what she'd learnt about these guards that they kind of went into this because their families would be murdered and all that sort of stuff to sort of to rather than fight them to appeal to this side of them, I thought was really cool. Mm-hmm. And it totally works, which is a good bonus. Yeah. The square. I, I like how she's already named. She's like they're gathering in the square of the survivor, and so I was like, what? Well, what's that? And she's like, oh, the place where the survivor of Hathson was killed earlier today. Like, we renamed it when uh, in the last five minutes. You know, just what we do. And she tells, uh, uh, like, they're still unsure. And she's like, you don't have to live with the guilt anymore. And that does it. Well, she also uh, riots their emotions slightly to uh, get them on board. But she, she's learned from the best on manipulating people's emotions. 
And then I also like that when you get to the guard room that they murdered all those guards in before and they're all in there talking and stuff. And she just walks through and like shoots herself down the hall. Like, I don't need to deal with them. It's fine. Yeah, the they all get the up and be like, wait a minute. <laughs> and she gets to the room and there's two Inquisitors standing there. There always just seem to be two Inquisitors hanging around this room. Like every time they show up. I guess there were three that last time. Well, now we know like, why. Well, today at least is, yeah, because the Lord Ruler's in there. This must be one of those, like, the third day when he goes in there every three days. She didn't have that schedule like Kelsier did. <laughs> you have to imagine, if she knew this was one of the days the Lord Ruler was going to be in that room, she might have been like, okay, let's not do that tonight. Maybe tomorrow's the time. Let's wait till tomorrow. <laughs> I, should, I should get some sleep. I was just going to say, it was just surprised me how, like, this chapter's barely started, like, and it's like, all right, going going to the palace, and like, you know, the little scene with the guards, which is great, and then boom, Inquisitor's right there. It's just like there's no preamble, no build up. It's like, yep, getting straight into it. And I'm like, oh, holy shit. There's no time for build up anymore. We've, <laughs> we're 91 percent of the way through the book at this point. <laughs> I know it was just like, it's just very much a I'm going to the palace. Page later, Inquisitors. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's uh, yeah, it's definitely all happening very quickly. Uh, we we started. They are as well. Yeah, they're taller than uh, normal people. But also, Vin's really short, so... Yeah, I guess. That doesn't help. Uh, the Inquisitor says, We searched all this time, and you come to us a second time. So they've been looking for her, and uh, she does this really cool, clever, badass little move where she puts the, the metal rings around the hafts of the arrow and then pushes the arrowheads at them with the metal. And when they push back, it knocks the metal rings off, but the arrowheads keep flying and rip through them, rip through one guy and into the next guy behind him, which is once again, just like a really cinematic, like I want to see this. Yeah. And then you, you go into a slow-mo shot that like rotates around as like, you see what's happening with the rings pushing the, it'd, it'd be so much fun. The, the fights in this series in general are pretty cinematic. I feel like he paints a good word picture. I think so. Uh, a lot of actually objection to Brandon uh, that you read online is that his prose is not as subtle and oh yeah, stuff with other people. But I think we talked about this before. It's like I don't I don't need Dickens. This is fantasy. <laughs> Nobody <laughs> needs Dickens. It's fine. It's like we're just after a good story told well, and this is telling it well. Yeah, personally, I like the straightforward approach. Um, but you know. Uh, it's 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 definitely different from like Rothfuss, which is the example I always hear him put against, where Rothfuss is just super. The words are kind of art, and it's good. I like that a lot, actually. But I don't feel like everyone needs to be that. No. Uh, did you guys hear what came out this week, or was it last week? Something about about Rothfuss. No. His editor slash publisher came out and publicly just like crapped all over him which is remarkable. Like you, nobody's ever heard of a professional editor doing something like that to like the author that there, she came out and she said, it's been nine years and she hasn't read a single word of book three. She's, she's, oh, the, God. she's the editor for Whoa. the books, but she's also the president of the publishing company that publishes the books. So oh. somebody had linked to an, the article that always kind of goes around where uh, somebody says, basically authors don't owe fans books. Like, just because you're waiting a long time for this next book, they don't owe you anything, really. You paid for previous books and you got those books. They don't owe you anything additional to that. If they never write another book, then, you know, that's their deal. Yeah, but and, they do owe their editor. Well, and yeah, and that's – she was like – she posts this and she on Facebook and she's like, that's true. They don't owe their reader anything, but what about their publisher who has paid them for these books? 
and uh, yeah, she hasn't read a Shit. single word of book three. And then in the comments on this Facebook post, it went even further. She said stuff like, I don't think he's written anything in six years. She said that she doesn't know that he even wants to be a writer anymore at this point. And uh, I think there was even one comment where it was like, he's retired. He just doesn't know it yet. Oh, gosh. So, <laughs> yeah, it's really among the community of people waiting for uh, Doors of Stone, the third, the third book in the Name of the Wind series. It's bad because now it's like so basically if his editor is to be believed and who would know better than his editor, except for maybe him and he won't talk about it. There may have been no progress made on this third book in six years. So it may just never come at this point. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, man. So, yeah, I was depressed by this, but uh, it's just it. I, I still felt it was most remarkable for it's just like, wow, this person and everyone's like, oh, she's amazing. She's one of the best editors, super professional. Like if she did this, then there's reason. She, she is super pissed. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure I'm sure. Like she said, they paid him. He's been paid, and he's mm-hmm. given her nothing. Yeah, and it's like no return on your investment. Yeah, so, yeah, as, as the president of the publishing company, you definitely have a right to uh, have issues with that, I feel like. So, yeah, that's that's been the talk of the fantasy uh, book community online for the past week or so is uh, since that came out. Damn it. Yeah, I, I mean, if this was, uh, this. gosh, I mean, if this was the 1400s, and a patron paid him to write a book and he never wrote it, they probably have him killed. <laughs> that's that's true. Yeah, I could see that. Like, imprisoned until he did what he was paid to do. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, he's he's busy with all this other stuff. He has his charity that he runs and he's an online like D and D celebrity or something. I don't I don't know all the stuff he does. I don't pay attention to any of it because I'm just waiting for the book. But Right. Anyway. Well he used he used the books to springboard himself into what he wanted to be, which was a nerd icon. He doesn't want to be like she's saying, he probably doesn't want to be a writer anymore. He just wants to enjoy being famous. Yeah, there's there's a quote, like some famous quote from some author. I don't remember off the top of my head who it was. But he was like, some people love writing and some people love to be a writer. Just yeah. the, the, uh, the, the, the cachet and the everything that comes with being, quote unquote, a writer. I, I, think, it, I think it was Twain. He said, like, um, everyone wants to be a writer, but not everyone wants to have written. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I, I could see why that would be Mark Twain's outlook on it too. Yeah. Yeah. I love Twain. He's the best. Um, but yeah, sorry. We, we, we won't necessarily keep going down that road, but it was just, I thought it was an interesting cause the fantasy book community has been all abuzz recently. By the time this episode comes out, it's gonna be like, that's like two or three week old news. So I'm sorry to everyone who's already like, yeah, duh. But <laughs> <laughs> it was relatively fresh when we recorded this. Uh, so yeah, probably not getting that book. I'm going to give up probably looking for it, but we have Brandon Sanderson, who is the other end of that, who loves writing. And when he gets tired of writing one thing, writes another thing to relax from that thing. So I can love him. It's fine. I mean, I think at this point (laughs) we've been waiting, I think four years for the next Mistborn book, but he's put out like five other books during that time. So while I'm like, I want the next Mistborn book. That's like the one I'm waiting for most. I can't be mad at him because the other books are also amazing. (laughs) Yeah. Dude's generating content. I mean, he'll get to it. Sorry. Back to the book that we're reading now by him. (laughs) She, she impales these guys with arrows, like all the way through the one guy and into the legs of the next guy. And then um, 
she has apparently a hunch about how Inquisitor vision works. We talked about that. They have giant spikes through their eyes. How do they see anything? <laughs> and uh, she throws a handful of pewter dust up into the air. And she and it says to the Inquisitor, the Inquisitor stopped confused to his eyes, quote unquote. He would see nothing but a mess of blue lines, each one leading to a speck of metal. So it would all that many lines in one place would be virtually blinding. And a couple paragraphs later, after she uh, stabs him with a dagger while he's distracted. Let's see where she she takes him in the thigh with a dagger. And he fell cursing in a crackly voice. That's fun. She says, good thing that worked. Wasn't sure about those eyes of theirs. So basically, based on that, if and we don't know for sure that she's 100 percent right. We just see that it seems to be they kind of see the metal in things. And that's how they see things. Basically, Predator Vision, but with metal instead of infrared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it would look a lot like that, now you say that. Yeah, she just sensory overloaded him. It's like if you lit a bright light when someone was using night vision. Yep. Uh, then she flares some pewter and tosses some more dust to keep the remaining Inquisitor from coming after her, and busts through the door, and she finds uh, a, r- a room with like a chair in it and uh, a rug made of exotic fur. A hearth burned in the center of the chamber, and the walls are dry, are decorated with dyed pelts in strange patterns and old paintings. Which, yeah, you know, if the Lord Ruler had some favorite paintings from a thousand years ago, they would be pretty old right now. So I can see that. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, he's a thousand years old. Maybe touching up paintings is one of his hobbies. Oh, that could totally be what he's doing in here. He's just, like, painting away. <laughs> he's had a lot of time to practice. <laughs> well, Yeah. You can get pretty good, maybe. Uh, I don't know if intrinsic lack of artistic talent uh, would be overcome by a thousand years, but you'd probably get as close as you possibly could. Like, I'm so bad at art, I don't think I'd get much better in a thousand years, but maybe. Yeah, maybe he was always mean, a good artist. That's true. He could be. I feel like if you just dedicate yourself to it and work back and forth, it's like Bill Murray in Groundhog Day in the ch- uh, ice mm. chainsaw thing. It's like he worked hard enough at it because he had the time. Yep. He got real good at that. And at playing the piano. Yes. With one lesson a day. For... <laughs> that's... That would be crazy. I would probably do the same thing if I found myself stuck. I'm like, I'll learn to play the piano, sure. Uh, okay. The room is packed. She says it has a home, a comfortable, homey feel, like a den or a study. It has a bunch of strange objects, the horns of some foreign beast, a strange pair of shoes with wide, flat bottoms, which sound like snowshoes to me, but or sand yeah. shoes. Sand shoes are kind of the same thing. And the chair, turns out it pivots, and it turns around slowly, and there's an old man sitting in it. Bald with liver-spotted skin. I had serious Darth Vader with his helmet off vibes. Yeah, I can totally <laughs> see that now that you say that. You say that, it's like, I get the the rotating around and um, everything like that, but then, like, with the description, I was going, ah, oh, so this is Darth Vader by way of Mr. Burns. He's <laughs> <laughs> got his fingertips pressed together. He's just like, excellent. Excellent. <laughs> exactly. Don't inquisit. it. Inquisitor comes in, he's like, hop to it, Smithers! (laughs) (laughs) I have powers. Political powers! (laughs) She's so shocked by this old guy, and she's just like, I gotta get out of here, there's nothing useful here. And the Inquisitor, whose legs got all ripped up a minute ago, shows up and grabs a hold of her. And she's like, they shouldn't be... Even with pewter, how can you walk with legs that messed up that fast? And uh, the old man says, what is this? And the Inquisitor says, I'm sorry, Lord Ruler. And she's like, wait, what? I thought this was the Lord Ruler's grandpa or something. Like, what's going on here? Father Time took a bat to this guy. So was this a surprise to anyone? Like, what did you think about this old man? Did you instantly assume he was Lord Ruler? (laughs) I did. Yeah. Yeah. This just locked in place. 
Jamie's explanation of of Rashek for me. Oh yeah, how so? I mean, he's uh, to in my opinion, he's obviously using he goes to this place to use ferrochemy to make himself look older, so then he can turn around and make himself look younger. Oh, uh, okay. So you think he's like saving up some age here so that he can look younger later? So his real one would be kind of like yeah. in the middle of these two somewhere. Right, which is which is kind of I feel like what she describes when she uses the the 11th metal or i guess technically if we're saying gold is ninth what we find out later this is probably actually the 10th metal Mm. so whatever she um whatever she's seeing i think it it describes them as kind of they look similar but they are younger yeah kind of we're about to get to that so why not the inquisitor doesn't want to kill her right away because he has a special interest in this case may i keep her for a time and uh, that they want to do they want to have a meeting regarding the canton of orthodoxy and lord ruler's like oh again seriously <laughs> and she they're like the inquisitor's like please please mr lord ruler <laughs> uh and he's she, just like he, he's like a he's like a indulgent uncle he's just like yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> the inquisitor this is the last nephews. time i'm gonna hear this out <laughs> It's like, as how does how how the Inquisitor do to put to puppy dog eyes with spikes? <laughs> Spiky dog eyes. <laughs> He's like, you know, I can't say no to those spike eyes. <laughs> oh, you're just so cute with your little impalements. <laughs> you get so happy when you stab people. I just love it. <laughs> but finally, she's like, oh, right. I have the 11th medal. Little rulers here. Maybe I'll give it a shot. And uh, at first she says nothing happens. And then she looks up, and there's someone else standing there, and she doesn't associate these two things. She's like, when did that guy come in? Uh, he has a full beard and a thick woolen outfit with a fur-lined cloak. Not rich clothing, but well-constructed. And he seems content and happy. He smiles happily. And she says that he looks kind of like the guy that killed Kelsier, except older and more alive, whatever that means. So, based on what you're saying about how it's relation to gold, I assume that you're thinking this is like those gold shadows, but for the other guy. Yeah, it's like, again, one's inner, one's push, one's pull. It's like yeah. this metal is pushing onto somebody else what they could have been if they had made different decisions. Okay. Which I'm assuming, like, the well-dressed hunter, the well-constructed hunter, is if he had just stayed a terraceman and not chosen... The path that he chose. I again, I'm extra. I'm going off that theory. This is Rashek. If he had stayed a terrorist, that's what he would look like. If he had just not done what he did to become the Lord Ruler. Okay. Well, like what I wanted from the Ninth Medal was to sort of see that opposite. Like Adium, you could see, you know, the future, whereas Gold, you know, Gold was showing you what you like you could have been. But I really wanted something that was like at the past, and so that you could see the past in someone else. And so I thought maybe that this was actually like Rashek in the past, giving them clues of like who this person is. But because no one knows what he looked like or even about this guy, because Sazed obviously needs to learn more about him and all that sort of stuff. Like they don't know that yet. Mm. They, they, they wouldn't know what he looks like. So this is sort of telling me this is the representation of who the Lord Ruler was. So we've got to search for, you know, all these signs. I remember oh, at the you, time you when, we, okay. when we learned about gold, Go. Jamie, that you were specifically like – I want to see a version of this metal, like maybe a use of gold that works on somebody else. And so yeah. if that's what we're seeing here, it kind of, uh, we kind of did. So I will, I will give you this towards your theory. 
somebody, uh, Joe, somebody wearing like a fur lined cloak that's not like super well made, but or I mean, not super rich, but well constructed does sound more like the uh, the the Pac-Man that we heard about than it does the guy from Clenny, where we know the fancy important guys wear suits and stuff like the Lord Ruler wears today. Uh, we did learn that, that like in Clenium, they wear these suits and he even mentioned at the time that some of the terrorists were giving up their fur outfits to wear these same suits. So that does kind of fit. Mm. Although we also know that the guy in the logbook started out as a shepherd or something. So maybe if you go far enough back, he would have worn some sort of similar outfit. I don't know. I mean, I guess, but I feel like, of course, we don't know what Luthado was like back then. But based mm. on where it is if on it the map. Existed. Right. I mean, it was called, I assume it's Clenny. I assume it's the same place. If if it is the same place, since it's more central on the map, I would assume that it was not cold enough there that they would be wearing furs. But that's a good point. Yeah, he does mention several times in the logbook that it's like very cold up north, and he's not used to that. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, I mean, I, I definitely think there's stuff there that kind of uh, agrees with you. Even just like the stuff around the room, it's just like the the pelts and the snowshoes and stuff like that. Like like you were saying, that definitely sounds like something that would belong to the terrorismen because it's like it seems like stuff from their culture it's stuff that vin doesn't recognize as being part of you know her mm, home culture she's yeah. so like the hell's all this foreign mm. stuff doing here True. so just old trophies from his old life also before we move on i just want to point out way back when we first came to this room when kelsier and vin came here and got ambushed by the three inquisitors and we were taking bets on what was inside this room i think i mentioned as a joke that this was going to be the lord ruler's little summer home and was I right? <laughs> I'm going to have to go back and listen to that now. <laughs> it's definitely his hangout spot, that's for sure. We we had a bunch of crazy cave. random theories about that place. And it was a spa. It was like a, a spike face spa <laughs> or the spike face barracks or something. <laughs> but uh, so. I think we said something about it. It's like, oh, yeah, it's where the Lord Rule just comes to chill with his homies. And I'm like, yeah. what? fucking what? Yeah. <laughs> he's got his Xbox set up tr- in there. He's, <laughs> yeah, no doubt. <laughs> yeah, it's not as dramatic as like a Lazarus pit, but you know, it's it's pretty cool. The Lazarus pit is actually in the next room. You just you, you didn't make it there. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, sorry you can't the, stay. I would have. Sh- yeah, there's a trapdoor. Yeah, uh, sorry you couldn't stay longer, Vin. Uh, I was going to show you my Lazarus pit, but I guess the Inquisitor's going to take you away now. So it's, it's so, like that's why that's why I said kill her. I want to test it out on someone else for once. <laughs> it's like, hey, she's already here. Just kill her and dump her through the floor. So I actually, when I was reading this part as we were as we were reading the chapters this week, it made me think, Joe, how does this bode for your theories previously that the, he's she's the Lord Ruler's daughter, or possibly your theory last time, yeah, like his wife, basically. Yeah, the Inquisitors are pretty cocksure that this is uh, the High Prelin's daughter, but I don't know. I feel like I feel like one child could have escaped his notice, but for him to keep having relations with that woman and then have another child and him still not know about it and didn't and he didn't get her killed like that just doesn't fit to me I don't, it doesn't the, make he was reen's dad right like he may have been reen's dad because reen is older and he may not have realized that reen was alive but for him to keep going back to this woman and then have another child and not know about it i just find that super hard to believe yeah but i mean if he wasn't reen's dad then there was just the one child yeah you're right you're right, but I mean, where? And then my question is, well, then how does Reen fit in? Because we don't know that much about Reen, but it's Vin who's got these Mistborn powers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah, if she inherited them from her dad, 
and that Davidian actually was her dad, that I guess Reen could have been his son, but not gotten any powers, which I get happens. Ellen apparently is that that way, or it could have been that Reen's dad was just some other dude. And yeah, I, I still doesn't explain like the connection between her and the Lord Ruler, though, like the allomantic connection. There is some mm. kind of allomantic connection that exists between them that doesn't exist between Kelsier and him. Because she can feel him better and stuff is what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, okay. maybe that just means she's a way more powerful Alamancer than Kelsier is, but mm. at the same time, like, I don't know, I feel like I feel like that can't be ignored. There's something more to it than just, oh yeah, the Prelin was her dad, he's dead now, um, so her dad's dead. Like, I, I just feel like there's something more. Uh, they, didn't they make a comment that it was, um, like, had, she had to come from an, like, incredibly pure bloodline? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Like you can't get much purer than the Lord Ruler himself. Right, that's true. And I, I'm guessing the High Prelin was the High Prelin because his bloodline was so pure. Like he was eligible to mm. be that based on his bloodline, which is why the Inquisitors think it's that way. But at the same time, maybe the Inquisitors knew about the child, but and they assume Vin is that child that the High Prelin had, but really it was Rain. Mm. And then also she had a sister, so that's actually three children that he wouldn't know about. I'd totally forgotten about the sister. Uh, you kept saying another child. I'm like, well, there's only the two. So, but no, you're right. There was a, a she has a little sister that died. So right, and like, and the high Freeland says like she could have had one, and I wouldn't have known possibly. But to have three, and he wouldn't have known, that seems <laughs> well, I mean, super he did unlikely. Say, he did say that she had children by him. What he didn't know was right. that she was a ska. Right. Yeah. So I, you know, it just I I just don't I don't buy it. There's something more going on. Okay. Forget it. Forget about one love baby. Shame on me. Forget about three <laughs> love babies. Shame on you. I was thinking with either of the previous theories that you had, you have you have to assume the Lord Ruler would recognize in some way that this person was significant. And all he says, like two times in this chapter, he's like, "Okay, kill her now." And they're like, "Oh, well, hold on. Do, can we not do it just yet?" But he does not care about her in any way that we can see. I mean, for all I know, the High Prelin was his son, and that's why he had such a pure bloodline. Mm. And he's like, kill my son, I don't care. And, you know, maybe Vin is then her his granddaughter. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Okay. Uh, okay, let's see. Uh, so apparently, <laughs> Tavidian has already requested a gathering to discuss matters outside the palace. And the Inquisitor's like, oh, yeah, it would be good for him to be there. Good indeed. <laughs> and then he knocks Vin the hell out, just like one smack. It says, despite her pewter, all went black. Yep, and then Chris Tucker jumps on her and just says, you got knocked the fuck out! <laughs> <laughs> we cut to Ellen. Another Ellen viewpoint. They're they're becoming a, a, a fad. It's like the third or fourth one we've had now. I mean, we, we've we've just lost Kelsey, so like we need to have like someone else to break to break it up. That's true. Kelsey is, is gone. He's uh, He got eaten by a gooey guy. <laughs> <laughs> We can't have respectful names for anything. It's like, they're, yeah, they're Inquisitors, sure, but Spike faces. Uh, <laughs> what did what what did Jamie call them? Called them or like piles of goo or something? Like I want to, you gotta find a good mean name for the Chondra now. Um, the Chondra specifically or Mistress? Well, she was talking about. She said there can't be two like bone. It's like gloop. Uh... Blobs. Uh, um, goo blobs or something. Gooey blobs. <laughs> gooey blobs. <laughs> so we got spike faces and gooey blobs. Sounds All right. Good. Well, I'm going to pitch that to Cartoon Network. The goo blobs. <laughs> I think that's been a show. Oh. Uh, 
I'm, I'm about to go look up. I'm like, I know there was a show about gooey blobs, but we're not we're not going there. <laughs> Let's keep moving. Uh, Ellen's dad is getting ready to evacuate the city, and Ellen's like, Hey, what's going on? And Lord Venture's like, uh, Oh, there's a Scar Rebellion. And Ellen's like, Wait, what? And at first he's he's thinking the Ska don't have the disposition for that sort of. He's like, Oh wait, Valet was a Ska. I have to stop thinking like nobleman. And he's apparently researched this kind of thing. He's like, all these political theorists that I've read predicted that this sort of thing would happen. The Tim Audrey said that the final empire couldn't last forever. God at his head or not. It's finally happening. I'm living through it and I'm on the wrong side. That's gotta be a, a shocking realization there. Wait, are we the bad guys? <laughs> <laughs> yes. You should know just from looking at your dad, dude, that this is the bad yep. guy side. And he, I don't even know why Ellen, Ellen's like, abandon the keep. Where's the honor in that? It's like, really? Venture, Lord Venture snorts at that. And I'm, I'm at the same time like, is that, what did you think? Do you know your dad at all, Ellen? What are you? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just another case of oblivious Ellen, you know? Yeah. It's just like, he doesn't even understand his father, who he's known his whole life, is a horrible person. And Lord Venture's like, we were leaving anyway. Something uh, happened at the pits, and the Lord Ruler's not going to be happy when he finds out. So apparently the Lord Ruler doesn't know yet that Kelsier destroyed the pits, and uh, Straff Venture is not in the mood to tell him. So he was just going to leave. <laughs> Run away! <laughs> I kind of want to know how that would have gone. Uh, you know, if everything had been calm and nothing else was happening and Straff's just like, ooh, pits are gone. Let's, we're, we're, we're getting out of town. Like, Carling's Wizards coming after him at that point. <sighs> okay. Yeah, no doubt. So... Ellen is thinking that so-and-so predicted that when the rebellion finally comes, the Ska will slaughter everyone wantonly. Every nobleman's life will be forfeit. The rebellion will die out quickly, but leave piles of corpses in its wake. So, uh, yeah, fun times. It reminds me, there's a line in uh, one of the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy books where uh, it's like, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy describes the uh, this department at this company as... Like, a bunch of jerks who would be the first up against the wall when the revolution comes. And then it's like, by a crazy coincidence, a copy of the guy that got sent into the past from the future had this entry about them. And it was like, a bunch of jerks who were the first up against the wall when, when the revolution came. <laughs> and just, this always reminds me of that. When he's like, uh, every nobleman's life would be forfeit. Like, Ellen is going to be the first up against the wall now that the revolution has come. But he decides that he is going to stay. Sorry, just the way you said that, just... Again, maybe think of Thor Ragnarok, and it's like, Ellen's going to be standing there, and all of a sudden, uh, Korg the Rock Monster is going to kick in the door. It's like, the revolution <laughs> has begun! <laughs> <laughs> I, I, would I didn't hand out to see that. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't hand out pamphlets. pamphlets. Yeah. <laughs> he fixed it this time. Pamphlets all for everyone. So the only one that showed up was my mom and her boyfriend, who I hate. Right. <laughs> Funny, because you realize that he, he he failed because he didn't have, hand out enough pamphlets. So in a way, Rock was beaten by paper. Oh. oh. And there was a scissors guy <laughs> who died, yep. but then didn't actually die. Hey, he's he's alive. <laughs> what uh, was you questioning him, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I like Strap Venture argues with him for a while. He's like, No, oh, you're coming. If I say you're coming, then you are coming. And Ellen's like, No, I'm not going to do it. And uh, 
he's he's like no we have to we have to stop the rebellion from getting out of hand the we should be their allies against the lord ruler and uh finally straff venture is like you know what sounds good you stay here somebody should maintain our, maintain our presence in the city while i rally our forces great idea and that's when ellen realizes oh so he is assuming that either the rebellion will kill me or the lord ruler when he finds out whatever happened i'll be here to take the fall for that so either way he gets rid of me i'm not i'm really not very good at this am i he thinks to himself <laughs> well i mean he's getting a bit better than the fact that he recognized that now true I mean, it's not like it would have changed his mind if he recognized it from the beginning. He would still be determined to stay, but it's just... It's like, oh, I'm beginning to think this was a mistake. Raccoon agrees. <laughs> and then he's, uh, Lord Venture is like, oh yeah, you can have all pretty much all the soldiers. I can only get one boat out. It was such a mess. Good luck, boy. Say hello to the Lord Ruler in my absence. And then he laughs as he leaves. Guy, what a, what a, what a jerk. Yeah. It's like Willie getting hit with an axe, and he's just like, ugh, I'm bad at this. I'm bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I immediately regret this decision. This is indeed a disturbing universe. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, uh, Ellen decides he's going to take all their forces, and they're going to go to keep Lacall because it's more defensible. And we know his friend is uh, Jastie's Lacall, so uh, he knows somebody there, at least. But he wants the five best soldiers to be his honor guard because he's going somewhere else. So where do you think we will see Ellen pop up? He's going to go present himself to the Scar Rebellion. It's like, I wish to help you. And Breeze is going to be like, man, fuck this guy. <laughs> but then Doc's, then Doc's going to be like, nah, nah, nah. Finn's got a crush on him. Let's hear him out. Mm, Doxon does seem like he would be uh, maybe more considerate. Although we know that Doxon has always been on Kelsier's side of kill all the noblemen, whereas Breeze is secretly a nobleman. So That's true. Maybe he would be a little more accepting. Well, Breeze is the politician. He's the one who has to like set up alliances and stuff like that. And it's true. So, yeah. He's also super lazy though, so it makes you wonder like how good a politician he's gonna turn. To, uh... <laughs> we jump back to Vin, and she Vin awoke to wetness, and she's in pain. And somebody forces some metal down her throat and says uh, tells him tells her to swallow and burn it, and she thinks. Oh no, if it's like a bad metal, it might kill me. And then she's like, wait, the, there's much easier ways to kill me than that. Like, that would really be like going kind of far. They wait for you to wake up and then feed you a metal that they'll force you to burn to kill you. But uh, just, there's, there's one inquisitor in the corner with an axe like, guys, I could just take her head off. And, <laughs> and, the, and the others are just like, no, it has to be this way. This is the special way. It, it, it's, it tenderizes the meat well for when we cook her up later. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Yeah, okay, the Inquisitors are probably not Campbells. Not that we've seen, anyway. Actually, I'm not going to rule that out. (laughs) Of course you're not. That's fair. (laughs) I mean, they're they're, they're pretty horrible, too, so, you know. Hey, uh, Mike, yeah? You got got some human blood on your spike. Oh, again? All right, well... The spikes are through the eyes. Like, if they're cannibalizing it, why is the blood on the spike? Was he using it as a pillar? They're diving in there for for a bite. uh, Yeah. Like a dog. Or, you know, they're just hacking and slashing away at a body, and it happens that way. Well, I'm sure, yeah. You get pretty messy that way, I'm sure, yeah. Maybe they have have some good showers in there. Uh, So it turns out that what this metal seems to do is it gets rid of all of her other metals. That's a new one. 
That could be helpful because, like she said, if it was a poisonous, if she had ingested a poisonous metal, and then she ingested this one, maybe she could burn that one to get rid of the poisonous one. Hmm. Interesting thought. I hadn't even considered that. Yeah. Although, if it gets rid of all the metals in your body, you would die, I guess. True. It must be selective about which metals. It's, uh... Yeah. She says all her reserves disappear, so I don't know. Maybe it's just allomantic ones that it's... Yeah, it's, I think it's just specifically all the burnable metals. Whatever supply you swallowed to... Um, but yeah, she's like, wait, is, so there's like a 12th metal? There's there's more? Yeah, it looks like there are. And we did talk about this possibility a long time ago. Just the fact that an 11th metal existed was an instant thing that's like, oh, they don't understand Allomancy as well as they think they do if there can be another metal. So the fact that there's now a 12th one, it actually makes more sense than having an uneven number since we know so far they've all been like pairs. Well, except for... We thought the Golden Adium were a weird pair. Now we've got a new one that's maybe paired better with gold. This one doesn't seem like it would be the pair to Adium or anything, does it? So th- this would actually be like the 13th then. Because yeah. if you've got gold, gold and alloy, Adium and alloy, so that's mm-hmm. 9, 10, 11, 12. So then this reset metal is 13. So yep. Yeah, assuming that it's not in some way an alloy of Adium, but it doesn't seem to do something similar to Adium. So it makes more sense, you're right, for it to be like a 13th. So there could be a lot. Hmm. And if there's one metal that can wipe your metals, is there one metal that can give you all the metals? Mm, I don't know. Mm. If it would give you more metals or just, like, give you more of whatever metal you already have? Like, it would increase your reserve. Like, if you swallowed all the metals that were alimantic and then you took some of this, it would just, like, double the reserves you have somehow? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I, I feel like double, that makes more sense than, like, creating metal out of thin air that you didn't already have, especially if it was one they didn't even know about. And it's like, oh, hey, here. Here's, like, every metal. Yeah. So I feel like just increasing like, your uh, makes more sense. It's like the Harry Potter laws of magic. It's like, I can, I can duplicate things that exist, but I cannot create new matter. Well, you can't create certain things. They are the exemptions to Gramps' law of primary transfiguration or whatever it was. Ooh, look, he knows the name of the law. How fancy. (laughs) (laughs) She can't create food. But there are other things that they can create out of thin air. Yeah, they've created things out of thin air before. They can create water out of thin air with the, like, water out of your wand spell. Well, I thought she was being – I thought she was specific in saying, like – you can summon them if you know where they are, but you can't, like, create it. She said that about food. She's like, you can summon it, you can, like, change it into other forms, but you can't create food. <laughs> anyway, like we were saying, so, uh, yeah, maybe there's something that can increase the reserves, since there's something that can take them away, clearly. Yeah. Really, at this point, there, I mean, we have no idea. There could be, like, a million different magical uh, possibilities here, which uh, yeah, a little or bit Or maybe daunting. they can... Yeah, or maybe they can create their own alimantic metals. Like, it's like I want to create a metal that does this, and so they have like a lab where they experiment and create stuff. <laughs> Turns out the quiz is all just a bunch of uh, alimancy nerds. <laughs> all right, let's just try this and see if this works. They got like all all these test tubes and Bunsen burners and things. Yeah. Well, I mean, who knows? Because the ice spikes. I mean, we don't know what those are made out of. Is it just like? an unlimited reserve of metal do they actually do these guys ever actually have to ingest new metal mm. maybe that was just the best way they thought that they could uh, absorb the metals it was just a horrible lab accident <laughs> and they then <laughs> decided that this is yeah this is terrifying we'll just keep going yeah yeah we meant to do that yeah this guy's, something, this guy's something like, blew up some railway spikes flew across the room yeah. into one guy's head yep. and he's just like oh this actually works better that's how i'm picturing yeah. it now yep <laughs> 
<laughs> he's just screaming, ah, ah, hey, wait, actually, this isn't so bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. So, Vin is desperately searching herself for some metal. Like, they're going to have left you some metal when they just uh, stripped you of all of your metals. I'm wondering if she has her earring on her. Does she, I don't think she mentions that, but I think her earring's made of, like, bronze or something, which would not be very useful right now. Uh, so, she's... There's basically, like, a couple of pages of her just desperately searching for something and realizing she's not going to be have any alamancy to help her. She needs to figure out something else and kind of being depressed about it. Yeah, I almost, like, picture her trying to lick the bars, like, give me some That's, metal, yeah. please. That's kind of <laughs> what I was thinking, too. And here's where she actually discussed. She's like, gold, the moment I burned the 11th metal, felt like when I was burning gold. And she she has the same discussion we did, where it's like, gold and adium seem like a weird pair. Maybe this one makes more sense to be an alloy of adium or gold. I don't know. We've been talking about it as an alloy of gold, but does it make more sense to be an alloy of adium where one shows you another person's future and the other one shows you another person's past? That's sort of what I thought. It made more sense for it to, Mm. that would become the ninth metal and gold is something else. So then what is the, I guess whatever, if it followed that same push and pull, whatever the gold compliment was would have to show you your future. Yeah. That's, I think that's the only way that I think that's the only way that logically works. I guess, but adium has such other properties that this that gold and the eleventh metal don't seem to have. I just don't see them fitting together. Mm. Like, because adium springs forth all these future possibilities, immediate future possibilities, but it also says it gives you the clarity to mm-hmm. like understand. Whereas I feel like any time when she burned gold and when she burned the eleventh metal, she was just super confused. Like, there was no clarity involved with what she was doing or seeing. True. Uh, so she theorizes that they've just never discovered these because gold and adium are too valuable to go around forging into a bunch of different alloys to figure out what they do. And she decides that uh, it wasn't very useful, just like Kelsier said, because what difference did it make what the Lord Ruler could have been? What matters is who he is now. Which, yeah, you know, that's a point. An Inquisitor shows up dressed in a black robe with spike... The, his spike heads jutted from the front of the cowl. And I like, she's like, I've always been this slow without pewter. She's really out of her element now uh, without Alamancy, which is kind of funny. Yep. She's, she's Donnie in the big Lebowski. <laughs> <laughs> but she notes that this is the guy with some arrowhead wounds in him and he's healed remarkably quickly. We don't, we know that pewter doesn't help you heal from like crazy serious wounds super quickly. It helps you not die from them. Like when she got sliced up, but it took her weeks to heal. So something else is going on with these guys. And they go up to the Lord Ruler's, I guess, throne room, because there's a big old throne there. Maybe he just has, like, several rooms, big thrones in them. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but the wall is, like, one giant curved piece of glass that has some designs on it of, like, what she thinks is kind of, like, looks like the mist, I guess. Can't wait to see that in the movie. That'll, that'll look cool. Yeah. And the Lord Ruler sits in his elevated throne, looking like the young man who had killed Kelsier before. And uh, she's still confused, but she's like, no, this is the same guy. I can feel him. He feels the same way. And so Tavidian, he wants to talk about what's happening outside in the city. They The ska blaspheme in riots, attacking the keeps of the nobility. And the Lord Ruler does not care. He's like, good. You gotta kill him every once in a while, just keep him off balance. So whatever. And this part, because at th- the more they talk about it, he's just like, yeah, no, whatever. And uh, guys, I don't care. I want to go back to my painting. Well, yeah, but it 
it makes it makes me curious what you guys think because he seems to have enough confidence in himself and his abilities that he doesn't need to worry about anything. So does that make him no. does that make him scarier or like less scary because he's not like this mastermind that we had we were thinking before we met him where he knows everything and is like a chess player. He just doesn't care. But maybe he's strong enough that he doesn't have to care. So is that more or less scary? Well, I think more scary. There's no there's no consequence for him. He knows he's going to get through it, which I think is terrifying yeah. because it means literally everyone else doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether you're noble, whether you're Scar, whether you're an Inquisitor. Like, you are just another thing. And you can be replaced. And he doesn't care. Yeah. And when they talk about what, a, like, Trividian asks him, well, what if the Scar keep rebelling and then oppose you he's like i'll then i'll take care of it i don't i don't really care i i can destroy them it's not that big a deal yeah yeah i think that to me is is pretty intimidating because mm. you have to assume i mean either he's right and he really can do what he's implying at least that he can do or he's like nuts like he's stupid because he doesn't know enough to know that he can't destroy this whole city with his bare hands. But he's been in charge for a thousand years, so you have to assume that he does know what he's talking about. He firmly believes that he will always come out on top. And that he can let this he can let this go. He can let people think they're doing the right things. At the end of the day, it's all for nothing. Because he knows that however he wants it to go, that's how it will go. Is he right? I know we already talked about how's this book gonna end like two episodes in a row, but now I'm curious. Uh do we think that uh, uh, he's right? I think long term he's wrong, but I think in terms of this book, he's probably still right. Okay. Do you guys agree? I'm hanging on to my thoughts because I want to save it for predicaments. Oh, okay, yeah. I feel Fair like um, I feel like he just doesn't he because I I I feel like he is confident in his ability to take care of the scoff he needs to because he doesn't think much of them and he's just like I'll take care of it. It's not that big a deal. I can destroy them because they're nothing. But I think he's also underestimating Vin, not Vin specifically, but anybody who's going to oppose him. Because I honestly think, which again, I've got something in predicaments as well that I want to talk about for what's coming after this book. But I honestly think that people are going to find out his secrets. He's got some secrets that are going to undo him. And I think uh, I think that's where we're headed long term. Okay. Okay. Sorry to get us so far off. I was just curious while we were talking about it. So uh, he just shouts down his priests and Davidian who uh, want to do something. And he's like, no, the Inquisitors have something they want to talk about. Okay, so let's do that now. And the Inquisitors want to be in charge, which Marsh kind of told us about this, the the politicking and infighting that goes on. And uh, the Inquisitors, they want to be on top. And apparently they have... uh, petitioned several times to be put in charge of the ministry and the lord ruler's like no you guys are needed for more important stuff than just administrating the entire empire basically administrating administering that's the that's the actual word just in case and anyone that just, and that that just that just made me think of um like a, an inquisitor just sitting at, at a desk just going oh god what do we have to do on the iron tax this year <laughs> we have to increase that by two percent mm-hmm. Right, it is an odd picture of like they're just sitting behind a desk, like scribbling on paper. <laughs> There's an inquisitor with a stock ticket, just going, "Oh shit, this doesn't look good, guys." Gold futures <laughs> are down. I, don't know, I, I, I feel like 
doesn't matter where we are in the book, I will always find amusement in picturing an Inquisitor doing something utterly mundane. <laughs> like cleaning that blood <laughs> off his spikes. He's, yeah, or he's, uh, he's chopping up some meat in the house, and he's like, Karen, Karen, where's the butter knife? <laughs> uh, also interesting that you know this is the first time we get a name for an inquisitor yep and i totally misread it the first time i thought wait is the inquisitor's name carl but no it's just carl <laughs> carl, carl the inquisitor <laughs> that would be awesome yeah carl and karen they live yeah. they're you know they're married they're thinking about having kids, but he's not sure what his <laughs> sperm will do to her now that he's all oh. inquisitored. So they're they're thinking about adopting, but you know he just doesn't know how he feels about it yet. It's like Jesus Christ, my baby looks like a Tie Fighter. Oh no, no. <laughs> okay, so he asks uh, he, he asks Lord Freeland if he recognizes the girl, and he's like, No, of course I don't. And he's like, Oh yeah? Well, why don't you tell uh, the Lord Ruler who your father is, child? And she says she doesn't know. And it turns out the Lord Ruler is uh, a lie detector also. He's kind of tough from Avatar. Where it's like, Carr has a whole speech about how awesome the Lord Ruler is. And how he's learned to use Alabancy like no mortal man. He can read your emotions in your eyes and see things in the way your heart beats. And he knows when you lie. Oh yes, he knows. It's just very... He's a brown noser, is what I'm getting from this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, you know, he's got to get ahead in life. He's got to provide for Karen. He's doing what he has to do. (laughs) (laughs) This is the first time the Lord Ruler actually shows uh, some interest in anything. He's like, now this is interesting. That girl just lied to me. What is she going to say? And he walks down and, like, grabs her face and looks in her eyes. And he's like, who is your father? And Vince, Vince thinking, like, she can sense his godlike power. Like this, that power is real. It's there. She can sense or see in him. And she is fully, she fully believes that he could slaughter every person in the city by himself if he needed to with the kind of power that she can sense in him. He has no need to fear rebellion. He'd never needed to. Kelsier had made a terrible, terrible mistake. That's, that's kind of scary. And uh, he gets her to say that, like her brother told her that the Lord Prelin was her father. And there's a weird scene where after he turns away, it says tears rolled down her cheeks. She couldn't remember why she'd been crying. And the Lord Ruler basically gets him to admit that there was a he didn't know that this woman there's one woman. He didn't know she was a Scott first, sent a soldier to kill her, but he let her go. Eventually he got her. So from this, we take that Vin's mother is dead now, probably won't be showing up again, assuming that he is actually her father. And that is the woman that we're talking about, which I guess is not 100% still. Although everything seems to fit together at this point, more or less. And uh, after he admits what happened and the Lord Ruler says, did she bear any children? And he said, yes. And the Lord Ruler sighs and goes, he's yours. And six of the Inquisitors, howling in joy, pull obsidian knives and run across the room to stab him repeatedly. This was the scariest part of the chapter. It's like, holy fuck, these guys are just (laughs) off the leash. That's exactly right. Yeah, off the leash. It's crazy too, because then he's like, "Yeah, okay, you're in charge. That's fine." It's like, "Yeah, let's put the crazy guys in charge of like the the aristocracy. That's a good idea." Yeah. Well, yeah, and I assume that it's basically they're in charge of the whole final empire, 
except for whatever decisions Lord Ruler makes. You, you got to assume that he's not sitting around in an office filling out paperwork either. He's like he's the God Emperor. Other people can do the actual work. So, uh, yeah, they're probably yeah. in trust like everything at this point. He's too busy looking at his old paintings. <laughs> where did I put my diary? <laughs> yeah, that's what he's wondering. He's like, where where'd my diary go? I've been looking for that thing. <laughs> Blood flew as they plunged their daggers over and over again into the dying man. <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, I've actually missed this before. The, the other obligators are just like, um, shit, okay. It's like, oh, I forgot you guys were in the room. <laughs> That's not, it's not fun for anybody, I guess. And so, yeah, this is the guy who was, after the Lord Ruler, basically in charge of the whole world. And in a second, Lord Ruler's like, okay, take him. No one gets any consideration in this society. Yeah. That's why, like, I really think these, all of these things are so beneath him. Even the idea that Vin could be his daughter, like, he doesn't, he doesn't even think to try and recognize her. If she is his daughter, it's just like it's so beneath everything's so beneath him. He's just like, whatever. Yeah, I can see that now that you say it that way. Yeah. He tells Carr, your point is proven. It seems I have trusted too much in the obedience of mankind. I did not make a mistake. I've never made a mistake. (laughs) However, it's time for a change. This guy. And that that's an interesting distinction he's making. It's like I've trusted too much in mankind. So, like, are the Inquisitors not men anymore? Well, maybe they consider themselves, like, demigods. So that's... Well, like, the, the population considers them creatures, so... Right. Yeah. yeah. From the very beginning, like, Kelsey was like, those things. So I hadn't thought about that, but that's a good point. That differentiates mankind is one thing, and the Inquisitors are a different thing. We talked about earlier how apparently the Lord Ruler is willing to look at what's gone wrong and revise his approach to government. And it, we were actually talking about it as a positive, like, oh, this guy's willing to admit when something's gone wrong and make changes. But not personally, apparently. He's like, I've never <laughs> made a mistake, by the way. But it's time for a change. Get everybody out of their beds, uh, and they can witness as I grant the Canton of Inquisition authority over the ministry. And then the half-breed child will be destroyed. Because, you know, of course. And that is the end of the chapter. I mean, other than, can we not destroy her immediately? She was working with some other people that we want to uh, find He's, he's like, like oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, that's, that's your, your job. job. Go ahead. Uh, once again, he's he, at this point, I, it's like he's gotten bored and stopped caring again. Like, yeah, whatever. Just go do your thing. But yeah, that is where these two chapters end. And we are two chapters and an epilogue from the end of this book. We are 94% of the way through. Uh, things took a turn here. They took a couple turns. <laughs> they they took the, tur- the turn into like, oh my gosh, the whole city is actually going to rise up against the Lord Ruler. And then it took a different turn of, oh crap, that might not matter. So yeah, let us move into the predicaments section. Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Um, so I, I still think that Vin is actually the Lord Ruler's daughter. I'm going to hold on to that. I think there's okay. still too much up in the air with the High Prelin. To, to really rule that out. This is uh, Joe's volcanoes. This is the hill where where Joe is going to die on, like the volcanoes for Dak. <laughs> yeah, at least that one is plausible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm I'm predicting uh, a swift exit for the rebellion. I, I'm hoping that all of the team members remain intact, but I don't think it's going to end well for them uh, with this this specific rebellion. I think coming to predicting the end of the book, Vin's going to have to leave Luthadel without defeating 
the Lord Ruler, because I know the next title, the title of the next book is The Well of Ascension, and the epigraphs we've read so far have indicated that something, some choice had to be made to take a power or save mankind with a power. I am assuming that Vin is going to travel to the Well of Ascension in the next book, and she is going to make the a decision on whether or not to take power, and that will make her into the hero of ages or whatever. Uh, that's where I predict this series going long run, and immediately into the next book, she's going to have to regroup and uh, travel, uh, make that journey north to the Well of Ascension in order to gain powers or take down the Lord Ruler once and for all. So I still think the deepness is in play somehow. I'm almost wondering now if, like, Rashek, as the Lord Ruler, made a deal with the deepness and it was like, look, I'll, I'll, uh, your will will be done through these inquisitors that I'll create, these men that will become part of you. And by extension, they will, you'll be able to destroy and wreak havoc under my name and you know somehow he struck a deal with with the deepness to do that or maybe not maybe it's maybe the deepness is really gone but or maybe it's still manifested in the lord ruler but that's that's where my predictions are are kind of leaning towards on that end i'm still holding out some small glimmer of hope that somehow kelsier will reappear in more than a kandra form whether that be jedi ghost or something you know i've just i'd really love for him to be able to come back in some way but I understand that that's probably not going to happen. You will go to the Northern Dominance. There you will learn from Gemel, the Alamancer who instructed me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, okay. Any other uh, any other predictions you want to throw out there? Um, not that I not that I have formulated. No. Okay. Who else would like a chance? I'll go. I have maintained for a lot of this book, and so. I, I think it was actually how you described it to us initially is like this first book is its own self-contained story. And so, you know, if you, even if you don't read any of the other books in this franchise, in this trilogy, in this series, like you still get a, like a complete story in this book. Mm-hmm. So I think I've sort of internalized that and thought they will bring down the, like the empire somehow. So I know there's not really a lot of time left to do it. And so I've been wondering, just like, Oh God, like how can they pull it off? There's like not a lot of time left in the book. And I think this chapter, this last chapter, has actually given me the key to all that. Because there's like, Ooh. how can we, st- how can we stop the Lord Ruler? How can we, like, how can we defeat him? How can, like, you know, yeah, we can take down the nobility, but we've still got him to deal with. And now I think I've got it. It's like simple. The Lord Ruler is just gonna fucking leave. He just seems so bored and disinterested with everything going on. And he says it's time for a change. So, and we know that, like, you know, he's previously changed things a lot over the centuries just like all right that mm. system of government didn't work let's just move on so now i'm thinking he like he's just watching this rebellion play out and he's just gone you know what let's see what they do i'm out and he's just going to stand <laughs> back and watch the scar rebel the scar rebellion take over the city they'll come to blows with the inquisitors and he's like all right whichever side wins they can rule and then i'm just going to see how they do so i think at the end of this book, the Empire will topple, and I think the Rebellion will win somehow. I don't know how they're going to take down the Inquisitors, but I feel like the Lord Ruler is going to be like, all right, let's see how you do, just because he just doesn't seem to care mm. about anything else now. So he's just like, fuck it, this might be interesting. Do you think Lord Ruler and Lord Venture are going to sail off into the sunset somewhere? <laughs> just oh, let no. it burn. Lord, 
Lord, Lord, Lord Venture, I don't know if he's going to die this book, but he's going to die, and it will just be like, <laughs> suck it. You don't think that he can get away with all the stuff he's done, like Sean? It's like there's got to be a reckoning. It's just like, I don't know what it is about... You, you think about it, how it is with some villains in books. It's like, yeah, like the the main evil is like this horrible, horrific evil over the top. Over the top. But then you look at smaller villains like Shan, Ilariel, and Straff Venture, and it's like, yeah, but these guys are deliberately dicks. So <laughs> they are more likely to... Yeah, it's the Voldemort versus Umbridge thing. It's like, yeah, but like this is a more realistic sort of thing that I recognise as something I can't stand, so you're more happy to see them fall. Yeah, no, I totally get that. Like, Umbridge is a good example, yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, and I'm sorry, before we even get to Jamie's predictions, I just keep interrupting, now is probably the time to talk about it, because Jamie has theorised about it before, but we, we've gotten to the point where it's hard to, to not realise what's going on. But... The Sanderlanch is a term. It's also people call it the Sanderson Avalanche. The uh, There's a few other similar terms. The way he sets up his plots in these books, there's lots of lining everything up. And then you start to get into like the last 20%, sometimes less. Things start happening and they speed up and they keep happening and speeding up. And more and more, all the little plot threads start coming together and getting tied off and getting resolved mm. faster and faster until you get to the end of the book. Like, it starts going at some point, like, 15 20% from the end, and it does not stop. And that is what the Sander Lynch is. That is what we have named the podcast after. Would well, you say the last 6% in, partic- in particular is, is quite avalanche well, what he what he has said in the annotations, and I skipped over it at the time, was the chapter before Kelsier dies, the chapter where he runs out and into he decides he's going to go out and stop stuff from happening. He's like, I feel like this is where the Sanderson avalanche really starts going in this book. And I will say, yeah, I in that. answer to your question, is that it does not stop now. It has we have not reached the end of this. <laughs> And it generally continues to accelerate as you as you get toward the end. So uh, there's a there's an epigraph that maybe just by virtue of being called the epigraph, you might get an idea is more to tie things up than to continue ramping up the story. But we've got two chapters left that are not epigraph, and things are not going to slow down. Maybe that's a spoiler, mm-hmm. but that 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 you you asked a question and I answered the question. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, so that is the Sanderlanch. I was kind of hoping at some point somebody would be like, man, it really feels like this story just like started moving and it hasn't slowed down at all. And I was going to be like, ha, that's the Sanderlanch. <laughs> no, no, nobody uh, said it, and so I figured I'd just throw it out Well, there. and I, I think it may be by virtue of the fact of how our show is formatted where we are only reading portions. Mm. Like if, if I read the whole last 20% of the book all at one time, I might say that. Yeah, it definitely we're kind of forcing it to slow down. By virtue of how we're doing the show. So that makes complete sense, too. Yeah. Which, actually, for you guys, should just get like continually more frustrating as the action... We're in the middle of the action, and we're cutting yes, off chapters. Yes, like, yep, you have to stop. Which is part of yep. the reason I set it up that way. I thought it would be fun for the audience and me. But, uh... <laughs> anyway. Yes, we are the lab rats. <laughs> so, Jamie, please, what, what do you have for the predicament section this time? Yeah. So, look, I, I had forgotten about the complete story thing. I don't, yeah, I, I didn't think that we would see the end of this story in this story. But now that I remember that, that changes things, I guess, a little bit. But going with what I thought previously, yeah, I, 
Vin will not die with her time with the Inquisitors. It usually doesn't end well for people, so I'm not, yeah, I'm not really sure about the horrors she's going to face, surely. I'm curious to see where Ellen will pop up, at what point he pops up, mm-hmm. um, and how that will be taken by the crew. I, I, I can't believe that they'll just be like, oh, yeah, cool, in you come, mate. You're part of the crew now. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, well, we're down a few people. Let's yeah, ramp up our numbers. Uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure, but there's definitely more to his part of the story. I am really happy with some of the answers we've got to earlier predictions in this these chapters, which sort of makes me think that we're on the right track with Reshek being the Lord Ruler and what's going to happen with him now. I, I would feel quite unsatisfied if he did just go away. I think that there needs to be some kind of showdown here, but I... I really don't think we would get that in this story. So, yeah, I don't really have a prediction as such of how it's going to end. We've only got two chapters to go, and it sounds like a lot of stuff still to happen. So, yeah, not not helpful this week. <laughs> well, I mean, um, yeah, there's there's got to be a showdown, but if my theory is correct and he decides to step down, maybe it's because Vin forces him to look in. And it's like we were talking about when we first uh, found out about gold. She forces him to look at what he could have been, and like he has that introspection. He's like... Ah, fuck. And so maybe he just takes off as a result of that. He sees, what have I become? He's like, it's been a thousand years. I've got to go find myself. (laughs) Well, because... My my painting journaling isn't doing it anymore. (laughs) Well, because like you said, like, the second book is titled The Well of Ascension. Presumably Vin goes there. Maybe she follows him there. Because he goes back to where it all began for him. And and Mm. he's trying to work out what happened. And she chases him. Ah, she's his... Or he's her Yoda. Dun, dun, dun. That's, that's I just can't see him caring too much now. <laughs> that's true. Like if someone if someone showed him this is what you could have become, what have you done with your life? Oh my goodness, I just don't see him really caring about that. He's like, yep, that's a thing. <laughs> he's like, <laughs> time has passed. He's like, so I'm the it. ruler of the world. I think I made the right decision. <laughs> <laughs> but Vin knows the power of love. And maybe that will triumph <laughs> over everything else. Yeah, Ellen will show up and they'll like be like, I choose heart. And then, you know, stuff will happen. Captain Planet will something to fight for. Yeah. Friendship. The Planeteers will show up, yeah. It's funny because like, they, they, they say gold is the useless metal. And I did think at one point, it's like, so gold is the heart of the planet rings? Because heart was the worst of the Planeteers rings. Oh, you said planet rings, and despite the fact that we were oh. just talking about Planeteers, I was like, th- like Saturn's rings, and I was like, what is he? <laughs> okay, I'm following. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was like, yeah, I did not pick my words right there. I did that a lot. <laughs> okay. We hit some interesting stuff. Uh, in case anyone doesn't uh, hasn't understood it from what we've said so far, for next week. We will be finishing this book. We will be reading <gasps> chapters 37, 38, and the epilogue, which I called half a chapter before, but looking at it now, it's only slightly shorter than uh, ch- chapter 37, so I guess it's a pretty lengthy epilogue. Uh, so yeah, three chapters-ish for next time, 37, 38, and the epilogue. And yeah, we, like, we, we, we are not going to stop <laughs> after 38 and then do a separate episode on the epilogue. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And uh, the 37 plan... in a row? 
<laughs> oh no oh no the plan after that is we have a plan to do a most accurate prediction segment in the episode following and the 11th medal in that same episode which is a short story that was originally written for the mistborn adventures rpg they asked him to write some piece of original fiction that would help introduce the universe to people who were wanting to play the rpg but hadn't read the books and so uh, that's the 11th medal which subsequently got published in the collection of Cosmere short stories, which is uh, Arcanum Unbounded, which is where you guys get to read it from, because that's the book that I sent you. Uh, and we'll talk a little more about that uh, next time when we get to the final end. But I just wanted to let everybody know up ahead of time. Should be very exciting. Awesome. Uh, I, I'm, I'm guessing that uh, some of you may jump into reading these final three bits uh, quickly this week, since we're so close and it's so frustrating not to know how it ends. I know I would. <laughs> Like the last yes. few weeks, we pretty much have been like, finish recording, right? Read the chapters, and then, <laughs> and then, and then, whichever one of us got to the book first, hands it to the other one. And one of the hardest parts is like, I'll read a chapter or something, and then have to go and do something, and then Tom will pick it up, and he'll get <gasps> further than I do, and then I'm like, oh, you've read more than I have. <laughs> and then we you're can't talk about in the it. other room. It's, he's like, oh, oh my god, really? And you're like, shut up! I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> Was, was there gasping this when, like, Chelsea like, died? Oh. Uh, no, I think that was kept under wraps. Oh, okay. I think yeah, I was actually... Uh, I don't know, I think I kind of just went, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was kind of like, huh, that's it, huh? Well, that's it for him. But Joe had his theories about how he would continue to live, so... Yeah. Oh, I have a question, actually. Yeah? Can a chondra... Does a chondra need a whole skeleton? Because well, maybe he's done like a worm tail and cut off his finger, ooh. and that's enough for the Chandra. <laughs> what we know <laughs> from the mysteries is that they can take pe- bits and pieces that they like and uh, make little bits of them. But uh, I don't know that we know. I I want to look what he says about the mysteries because I feel like it. Well, I'm not going to say that if it doesn't actually say it. One second while I uh, search. <laughs> It's like yeah, he's put he's creating a perfect copy of their skin and muscles and stuff when he doesn't have the skin and muscles, or at least most of the time I don't think they do. But I guess he had straightaway access to Kelsey's body here. So also, what's the process? Does he just stand over the body and just like start devouring bones like no one notices or or what? Like <laughs> that's <laughs> a really good like, question. In the corner, just like hey, scoffing his face full yeah, of bones. Does he have to bone them? There's some, there's some guards there standing us like, so this is the survivor's body. Oh, God, what is that thing doing to it? <laughs> it didn't sound like they put any guards in place. Like, they just left all the dead people laying there. Uh, okay, what Kelsier says about Myth's race originally, when he's explaining them to Vin, is that they can shape their skin around any skeletal structure and can recreate muscles and organs if they have a model to mimic. So it sounds uh, like to mimic the shape of a face, for instance, you would have to eat the face. That's what it sounds like to me based on that. And I thought he said that, like, they have to mimic the model of what, they've, uh, what they're what they recreating. But uh, I had to look at that first to make sure that I wasn't wrong. So it's like, even though we, we talk about, oh, they're taking the bones, he's really taking everything. Yeah. And if I remember correctly, uh, what happens is they, they, they do take the bones, but they eat the rest. But once they've eaten it, they can, like, mimic uh, what they had. Anyway, so I don't think they could recreate a Kelsier from a finger is where that ends Probably up. Not. But we don't know that for certain, <laughs> I suppose. Not with that attitude. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess really, 
the main thing about Kelsier that people need to rec- recognize Kelsier is his face. So you could probably do it from like a skull and attach that to a different body and nobody would really notice. But Kelsier, are, though, Kelsier wouldn't still be alive yeah. if he was missing his face. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If his skull is gone, I think <laughs> probably uh, not. I think it's I mean, yeah, I think it's bye-bye. The Lord Ruler could survive decapitation. Maybe Kelsier could, but they have maybe. Said. <laughs> yeah, but they still had to put the head back on, didn't they? And we've seen the Lord Ruler. That. His head, his his head is back on. Well, it's back on a body. That's true. So uh, it I may mean, or may not be his. Yeah. Jesus we, we Christ! Did they Frankenstein the Lord Ruler? <laughs> That's how he survived. <laughs> I yeah. Kelsier well, did die. Kelsier did die in the pits of Hatsin. He's been a Kandra this whole time, and now a new Kandra's <laughs> taken over his body. That would be weird. Whoa. Change places. <laughs> I, I mean, did, I guess did, it's did just he like kill ex- the other Kandra to do it, or did he just like they just trade? <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, All I, right, I my turn. Really my turn. My <laughs> <laughs> turn with the survivor bones. Uh, I guess he also says he survived being. He survived lots of stuff, is what we find out from what we've heard. The Lord Ruler survived all sorts of crap. I don't know that... It, do, it doesn't tell us how he survived. Maybe they put his body back on someplace, something else. Maybe his body grew a new head. Maybe maybe his body grew a new head and his head grew a new body and there's two of them. I, we, we don't know. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, there's a whole new rabbit hole of theory. There's two of them somewhere. That, that it wasn't is... really... A... <laughs> It wasn't really a vision. The Lord Ruler could sense that Vin was burning this metal and said to his other self, come on, now's the time. (laughs) 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 It's your scene. We we did see the old Lord Ruler and the young Lord Ruler, so maybe... (laughs) We totally did. Maybe Maybe it's not fair, Kemi. Maybe it's just different people. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's the prestige, and we just haven't realized this whole time is that's what's happening. (laughs) Uh, Okay, okay. Anybody have anything they want to say before we're done for the episode? <laughs> nope, nope, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, music by Miracle of Sound. Reading the last chapters of the book for the next episode. Everybody, uh, we actually, I told you guys at the beginning of the episode that we didn't have any emails. That was kind of a lie because we had one email, but it was a guy wanting me to ask you guys a question that I specifically didn't want to ask because it was potentially not necessarily spoiler. It might put you in a frame of mind that would spoil you for something that was upcoming. And so I replied back to Peter. Thank you for your email that I was like, I don't I, I've been avoiding saying exactly what you're asking, like explicitly, because I don't want to plant ideas. So I'm going to try to slip it subtly into this episode and uh, uh, instead of asking directly uh, if I can find a good place for it. So thank you, Peter. I hope that I was able to uh, do your question justice by how I slipped information into the episode and got their ideas. And Ooh. thank you oh. for your email. If anybody else wants to send us emails about, uh, you know, questions that you'd like to ask, like Peter did, that's fine. Just in this particular case, I was like, let's be a little careful with that particular question. But feel free to send us questions you want to ask, especially now that we're about to hit the end of the book. If you send questions after this, this uh, episode, we won't get them in time to record the one where we're getting to the end of the book, but we will get them in time for the best predictions episode. So I'll be happy to ask any questions that you want, uh, you know, about what they thought about the book or about any particular part of the book on that episode so that uh, we can get reactions, anything that I've forgotten to ask them how they felt about or whatever. Feel free, send us emails, the at gmail.com. 
Tweet us at the Sanderlanch. We're on Facebook. We are on Instagram, the Sanderlanch. All the same, same name, every place. Feel free to send us uh, questions, praise, criticisms, uh, hate mail, whatever. You know, uh, the last one might make me sad, but I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna censor you. Send, send what you like. <laughs> but other than that, I think that's everything that we need to hit on. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. Bring up the brother in me. I'm searching for unity Everything is changing inside